Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. And we are here to discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Specifically, after we discuss a little news, we'll be touching on episode 20 of season 2 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, what's going on, Jeff? Oh, you know, just huge revelatory episodes. It was a pretty big episode. I'm not sure about revelatory. I feel like we knew most of this, but... Nah, man, that... The character... That s- thing. Some of the things that happened. That Theta Protocol was such a... It wasn't. It wasn't so a big crazy. reveal. Such a crazy. Yeah, we'll, it we'll, wasn't big. We'll discuss that when we get into spoilery times. Um, for those of you who don't know, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We discuss everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe: movies, TV shows, Avengers films, um, Netflix series, Netflix series. Uh, hopefully, we'll even discuss discussing some of this tie-in comic books this year. Um, yeah, things like that. Uh, but tonight. We're going to first cover some news, so if you're sensitive to spoilers, don't worry. We'll give you a, a solid spoiler alert before we go into the actual discussion of the tonight's episode. But uh, what we got for news there, Jeff? Well, there's been a few things. Uh, as you may have heard, Joss Whedon quit Twitter. I, yeah, I did hear that. That's crazy. He uh, he left. Kind That's of sad. It was, it was around Monday. He just kind of left without warning, didn't really say why. Uh, some people think that it's because of the uh, the raging fans that uh, left very rude remarks, like you know, commit suicide, things like that. That's crazy um, on Twitter. And some may or some have said that it may be just that he's grown tired of uh, of the social media platform, so to speak, mm. because uh, he's he's equated it to having a, another job. Like Twitter is a job, and yeah. I mean, we don't have a whole lot going on on, on Twitter, mm-hmm. but, like, our few fans do keep me busy, so I could see that, like, you extrapolate that to the level that he's at, and it right. gets ridiculous. Yeah, pretty insane. Uh, and, you know, I think at that level, you get, you just get inundated with so much, negative and positive, there's no way to keep grounded <laughs> when you've got that much in entering your brain uh, from fans, and there's no way to keep... Even all the good stuff's probably not good for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all the bad stuff's definitely not good for you. Well, yeah, and, so. and being a creative type when all you're thinking about or all you're forced to think about is what's going to go on Twitter, it, it hurts the the thing that you're working on. It hurts mm-hmm. the art that you're working on. You, uh, you, you, you mentioned earlier James Gunn's response. You want to read that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I did mention off air. <laughs> James Gunn uh, is the uh, director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so he he kind of I guess probably sees where um, Joss Whedon would be coming from, but yeah. as much as anyone does. Yeah, and um, he had a pretty lengthy Facebook discussion on it or uh, Facebook post on it. Um, the important part uh, was saying a couple of months ago, someone on Twitter wrote me that something one of my characters said in my movie hurt him. I've gotten hundreds of tweets from people angry about moments in my films over the years, and I just ignore them or get angry in return. But that one tweet affected me profoundly. The last thing I want to do with my work is hurt someone, especially someone who already feels disenfranchised. That made me think about what I write and what I put in my films, and I will be more thoughtful about situations like it in the future. That is, one honest and vulnerable tweet affected more change in me than hundreds of angry ones. So again, it's easy to be outraged by these tweets, but whatever these angry tweeters are in need of, I don't think it's more anger and more rage thrown back at them on Twitter. I actually think that's what they're seeking. But what they need is something different. Compassion, maybe? A kind of request, or a kind request for boundaries? I don't know. Maybe you guys have some ideas. Hmm. I, um... The one part of that that really bothers me about his his his, his uh, statements is that that treat, tweet about his work hurting someone um, made him makes him rethink what he's writing. I think that's so dangerous. <laughs> you yeah, got, you've got someone as, as genius as James Gunn, um, and now he's got to think about what this one guy is going to think about the way what he's writing. I don't know art art. Um, and you can say what you will about whether whether these kinds of film are art. They're pop culture. These big pop culture films, like, I don't know. I, I want to see them created in a pure way. 
without yeah. without constantly second guessing yourself. I want to see that artist perform their art. You Tell know? the story. Don't think about them. Yeah, don't think about what people are going to say. I mean, obviously, you don't want to set out to hurt someone. Yeah, um, and I understand where he's coming from, but I could see someone posting on Twitter, "Oh, that po- that moment really hurt me," but like, it it only takes us a second. To say something like that, and then that might that that emotion may just move on. It may be something just fleeting, um, and now James Gunn's like rethinking things he's writing. That, that makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him feeling that way. Um, I think it's a it's it's sort of just a dangerous the whole two way street thing with celebrities, especially the directors and writers particularly who who really have um. The, 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 they're really the keepers of the art of these films. Um, it makes me nervous whenever they're like inundated too much with uh, feedback because <laughs> I kind of want them to create <laughs> create the best movie they can create. You know, while you're working on stuff, just stay off of Twitter. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's that's a, not a bad idea. <laughs> oh man, that could be why Joss Whedon left. You never know. Yeah, it could just be that he needs to write in a vacuum. This is. It. <laughs> This isn't this isn't helpful. Oh man! Speaking of him wanting to write in a vacuum, uh, he's gone. Um, he's gone out saying stuff about uh, about Avengers Agents or Wow Age of Ultron. Yeah, Avengers Age of Ultron about the uh, the story with like what Marvel execs wanted and what he wanted to keep. And there was a certain spot in the movie where everybody takes a breather. And Marvel did not like that. They didn't want that in the film. But they were adamant that Thor had to go do this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it yet. I'm being nice. There was a second where Thor did something sort of solo. Yeah, Thor and went out to find an answer somewhere. We, and Marvel insisted that was important. Yeah. And Joss was like, that's not that important. Not but, to this movie, yeah, at least. Th- but this breather kind of is for the story and marvel didn't want it and it ended ended up being that marvel like put a gun to that scene's head and was like all right you either give us this part where thor goes out or this doesn't get put in at all like neither of these get put in Mm. like we'll give you this little one but don't you dare take out the other part and he said that's when things got really unpleasant wow i can see i definitely understand where he's coming from but I honestly, I think that's fairly reasonable <laughs> on Marvel's part. Like, you really want the scene? I get that. We don't. We'll give you what you want if you'll give us what. It's a compromise, is what it is. You could say it's putting a gun to the scene's head, but it's in a way, it's just like, hey, here's a, here's a compromise we can live with. We don't want this scene, but we'll give you your scene if you'll give us our scene. The way that he put it was, it was very much not compromise. It was like. You might want this big thing. We'll give you a tiny sliver of that, and you're going to do what we tell you to. Hmm. I that's, don't know what the problem is. That's the is. way that he insinuated it, at Both least. Both of those scenes totally worked for me. I, you know, I love the movie start to finish. Yeah. I, I mean, do, there were little nitpicky like things, but whatever. Yeah. That's beside the point. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, casting news, right? Casting right, news casting is kind news. of a big thing, right? Yeah. Martin Freeman has joined uh, Civil War. In an undisclosed role, we do not know yet what Martin Freeman is going to play. I'm really interested in Civil to see. War. I'm really, really interested to see what he'll play. Me too. I really like him, and I want to know if he'll uh, get to get on screen with the Sorcerer Supreme at any point, <laughs> so we can have like a nice Sherlock Watson <laughs> moment. That would be great. Or uh, <laughs> or Bilbo Smog moment. <laughs> Smog. Smog. There's, like, way too many syllables in that. <laughs> so much mouth movement happening. Smog. Um, yeah. So, I, I like Martin Freeman a lot. I don't think there's anything I haven't liked him in. So, e- even if the movie wasn't the best movie, <laughs> he's still really good in it. So, that they That's just fair. they just keep casting great people. They just keep casting great people. You know, you say that about, like, not even the greatest movie and he's great in it. He was awesome in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Amazing. And that movie was bad. I really liked him in that. To be honest, I liked that movie, though. I liked it when I first saw it. Then I went and read the books. Yeah. And now I, I get, hate it. Me too. The book's better. But whatever. The book's always better. That's fair. It's a fun movie. If you know nothing about the books, everyone hated that movie that read the books first. Yeah. But if you just watched it, it's a really fun movie. It is fun. 
It was fun. It's a really fun movie. And um, then they got so many things wrong. Same thing with Percy yeah, Jackson and Olympians, care. but whatever. Again, as I say over and over, I don't care if it's different from source material. Just don't care. <laughs> just don't even, just doesn't matter. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. <laughs> Maybe. I might give you that. So, um, we've talked about solid casting news. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's a little bit of kind of up-in-the-air casting news, right? Mm-hmm. Um... There was a, a time this week. There was a time. Yeah. This week. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, is it Felipe or Philippe? I think it's Felipe. Anyway, that guy uh, revealed on the Howard Stern show that Marvel is interested in him for a role on a Netflix show, on an mm. upcoming Netflix show. He didn't say which role. He didn't say uh, anything about when it's coming out or what or whether anything is confirmed. Just that they're interested in him and there have been talks. Cool. I don't really... I I know of him from things, but I really don't know Ryan Felipe very well, so... I know of him from, like, several years ago. He was in a lot of those teen movies, yeah. and then he's become really serious here lately. Yeah. Especially oh, in that um, uh, Secrets and Lies. I'm currently looking at IMDb. His IMDb, and you know what the most recent thing is? What? Uh, he is Danny Rand slash Iron Fist. Is it? Because that's what I was thinking that he was yeah, going to be. Uh, it, it's, oh, I'm sorry. It does say rumored. It does say rumored. It says announced at the top, and then down further it says rumored. So, okay. uh, yeah, we were discussing that that would probably be what they're they're talking to him about is Iron Fist. But, yeah, that's, I mean, I, again, I don't know Ryan Felipe's work very well, uh, but I know he's a big He's a big star. Like, I know, I know that. I'm looking at his movies. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of big movies. Um, it's just, you know, it's another Marvel going after somebody. You know, he may not be my favorite actor, but he's a big actor, and they're going for him, not for one of the movies, but for a Netflix series, you know? Yeah. They're investing They're investing a lot into just these Netflix series. Yes, they are. And, like, from what, I, from what I've seen of, uh, of Secrets and Lies, he's doing a pretty solid job with that. Like, that's, oh, yeah? that's getting a lot of pull from what I've seen. Cool. I haven't heard anybody talking about it, but ratings look okay. They're cool. pushing it a lot. Oh, um, that's, that's the one uh, where there's the... He's the guy on that show. I didn't think of... I didn't realize that. Okay. The guy who... <laughs> there's a kid, and there's a dead kid, and he, yeah. they think it was him. They think oh, he killed yeah. yeah. I've seen those commercials. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm well na- okay. Now I know who Ryan Felipe, Felipe I'm is. I'm well versed in those commercials. Well versed in all his his uh, commercial work. <laughs> he made, he he's the guy who made those great commercials for that show Secret and Lies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's him. That's exact. You you know what? Good job, good job, Matt. Now, you get a pat on the head. Now I know his work. I. I <laughs> He's all freaked out, like, I didn't do it! Uh, no, that was more Keanu. Uh, Keanu, Keanu Felipe. So, you you basically... Wow. You basically just became an expert on Ryan Felipe's career. Yeah, yeah, all I needed last was... Last night. All I needed was that touched on of those commercials, and now I'm totally in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he could, he, he, could be, he could be good. Apparently, he's tried to throw people off of his trail. He uh, he tweeted at one point. I have no real Marvel news other than an upcoming meeting. Sorry to disappoint fans. Thought there was. Sorry to disappoint fans who thought there was more to it. There is no story there. Gotcha. Well, that's probably true. He's probably no. He's throwing people off. We know how these people roll. <laughs> that seems. I like... see through you, Ryan Felipe. <laughs> You're like porcelain to me. No wait. Wait. You're like glass. Uh, yeah, porcelain's definitely not that see-through. It depends on the porcelain, Matt. <laughs> you look like a toilet. I don't know, that that devolved quickly. I'm sorry. Yeah, man, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> more possible casting-type news, but not yep. so much casting, more just hiring. Uh, Sony and Marvel have reportedly narrowed down their director choice for Spider-Man to five... Directors slash directing teams. Hmm. I, I really want. This is for the solo Spidey flick. The solo Spidey flick. This is very important to me. So give me these five directors and what they've done. 
<laughs> and go. Throw it at me, Jeff. Come on. All right. The, uh, we'll the short list. Each one individually. We got Jonathan Levine, who did 50-50 and Warm Bodies. Ooh. Warm Bodies was kind of dumb. But? But 50-50 made me f***ing cry more than any movie <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. Me and my, my current girlfriend, Alyssa, we were dating. Hi, Alyssa. For a very short period of time. At the time, we went to this movie, and I cried the entire movie. Not just like, <laughs> not just like a scene, but you that movie. You didn't just tear up a little bit. You cried like a little bitch. I cried... I couldn't stop crying after the movie. <laughs> that movie fucking affected me like worse than any movie has ever affected me. Um, it was so, so sad. Um, so given that, um, and Warm Bodies is all right. I don't know that I want to watch a terribly sad Spidey film. Yeah, I, I think I, I already have. Well, Warm Bodies wasn't sad I think sad it was called all. The Amazing Spider-Man oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, Warm Bodies wasn't sad at all. Warm Bodies was uh, pretty funny. Uh, it, it was dumb because I'm kind of, I'm as I said, don't care about source material, but I'm kind of a purist when it comes to zombies. <laughs> I love the Romero zombies. Uh, oh, you like shamblers? I'll do. I'll I do. got you. I got you. And those zombies were, they weren't even zombies. They were just a different thing. And so <laughs> I, I, I tried not to judge it on that criteria. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two on the list is Ted Melfi, who mm. did Saint Vincent. Never saw Saint Vincent. Never even heard of it. Oh, that's the one. Uh, that's the Bill Murray movie. I did not see it, but I again saw the commercials. And uh... wait a minute, <laughs> hold on. Are you saying it was a Bill Murray movie because you don't know who was in it? No, and no, you're no, applying... no, no, no. No, I know we've we've <laughs> joked about Bill Murray replacing everyone, but no, this is a recent Bill Murray's. I think most recent movie. Okay. And he plays like a, just a a guy in the neighborhood. Like it's a weird. I, there's not really. A, there wasn't a. It wasn't. There wasn't a good elevator pitch for that movie. Okay. <laughs> it just looked like a guy driving around and interacting with people in his life and being a good guy. I guess Saint Vincent. Okay. Probably his name was probably Vincent. Nah, it's not. It's talking about the hospital. <laughs> Only local people get that. Anyway, uh, number three on the list is Jason Moore. Who directed, who did the film uh, Pitch Perfect? Mm. Hmm. That I've still never seen, and people just, I don't know why people get so mad that I haven't seen that. People love that movie. Apparently so. That movie offended me. <laughs> I'm not easily offended, but it offended me. Why is that, Matt? So. You want to talk about it? Do you need a hug? I, uh, it was so sad. I Did you cry a lot? No. Oh, okay. That was, that was the other guy, 50-50 guy. <laughs> I was in the middle of my vocal freakout a few years ago. Oh yeah, uh, and I'm a, those of you who don't know, I'm I'm a vocalist for a living. Like I'm a singer. Uh, I, I sing in bands r regionally in the southeast. Tra travel around all over the place singing. Um, and uh, I had a polyp on my vocal cord, and I had to be out of commission for almost six months, and then you, they didn't know for sure how it was going to heal and whether I'd have a voice again, and it was really one of the scariest times of my life because it was my living. Like, it was what I did for a living. Um, in the movie, there's a scene where a girl comes to her group, and she says, Girls, I'm sorry. I have nodes. And the, the whole, the, all the girls in the group are like, and like they made her character look silly for being so obsessed with her nodes on her vocal cords. But as a vocalist, that's like the scariest possible thing. It's like being a runner and breaking your legs. So like, <laughs> I'm not easily offended, but I was like, don't belittle nodes. <laughs> that's fucking scary. <laughs> I'm, I'm You're cursing, cursing a lot tonight. tonight. I'm having to put a lot of markers down to add beeps. By the way, someone complained about how loud the bleeps were last week. Maybe this is just you trying to practice. Uh, yeah, I'm just practicing. Each um, one is going to be a different volume level. <laughs> you you guys, guys tell us which one you let like. Let me know. <laughs> so, uh, uh, number four on the list of, uh, of the short list of Sony and Marvel Studios directors uh is the team of John Francis Daly and Jonathan M Goldstein who did the or are doing rather the upcoming vacation revival 
weird. Like National have they, And they haven't really done anything before that? Like, what's their previous work? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. And last on the list is Jared Hess, who did Napoleon Dynamite. Interesting. Yep. Interesting choice. Kind what do you think? That's five interesting... Day in the Life movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well... The report that this is all coming from says it may not be an all-inclusive list, but a choice could come as early as next week. So, like, if those are our big five, if those are the the main five that they're considering, I I don't know. I'm not excited by any of those. (laughs) For a Spider-Man movie. I mean, none of the... There's a lot of those movies. I really love 50-50, and Warm Bodies is funny, so maybe... Maybe I'd be excited about that because Fifty Fifty knew how to hit me emotionally, real hard, and Warm Bodies was funny and action packed. So if I had to pick of those five of what I know about them, which is just what you've said, I know nothing else about those people. <laughs> uh, what's that? What's that director? Jonathan name? Levine. Jonathan Levine. I guess out of those five, I would say Jonathan Levine. It might be Levine. I think it's Levine. Probably Levine. Okay. Uh, additionally, in the uh, in the article, um, they cite rumors saying that the plan for the rebooted franchise is for three to four films, with each one covering a year of high school for Petey Parker. Uh, as Did Petey Parker, I might have. I dig it. I might have said Petey, and the R didn't come out. Either way, Peter Parker, as suggested in earlier reports, it said that the plan is for Spidey to already have already have his powers. Avoiding once again telling the character's origin. Like Feige said at one point, um, we're just going to take for granted that everybody knows how Spider-Man came to be. I love that. We know. I love that. Everybody knows. My only issue with that is, so three or four years, uh, doing a year each, each, if that's the plan, doing a year for each Spider-Man movie. Yep. What? Was he a Spider-Man when he was like 13? He was young. I they when they revealed it in Civil War, he said how long he'd been Spider-Man. And it was young and it it's been a hot minute. Yeah. 13 though. I mean that I guess that's when people start high school, 13 or 14. That's real young. Which I'm down for. I mean, I guess they they really want to do something different with this Spider-Man. And as much as I don't know. I don't know what seeing a 13 or 14 year old kid on screen would be like, <laughs> or even a 16 year old. Like, well, the reported front runner for Spidey is uh, Asa Butterfield. He was in um, Ender's Game. Is the lead there? He is very young. Yeah, um, he's 18. He's 18, but he looks really young. He does, at least in Ender's Game, but which was like a few years ago. Hmm. Interesting. But uh, it, my my point is my most excited my most exciting thing about them going that young is having a character that young interacting with our current characters. Yeah, with the older people. Yeah, like Robert Downey Jr. interacting with a smart alecky sixteen seventeen year old kid sounds like a lot of fun. It really does, especially considering how they actually interact uh, in the comics. Because like Spidey looks up to Cap. Yeah. And, you know, everybody looks up to Cap, but Spidey has, Spidey has this, like, I'm a little kid, he's an older guy, like, actual role model to look up to kind of thing, mm-hmm. and somebody that he could actually be like, because they're both superheroes, and, and he could th- actually aspire to be like yeah. Cap. So that's, it's crazy to think like that, rather well, than that, just, like, a normal person. From what I've seen in comics and things as well, like, he also looks up to Tony Stark a lot, too. Yeah, he looks up to both of them. Because, if, no, if for no other reason, if they go with the comics origin of him building his own web shooters... Yeah. He's a tech kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all, he's supposed to be a smart, nerdy tech kid, and it, him combined, like working with Tony Stark on that level sounds like... So Peter Parker, Tony Stark pairing sounds as much fun to me as an Iron Man-Spider-Man pairing. Yeah. So I really, really want to see that play out on screen kind of like science mentors rather than yeah. science bros and, and you've got well it, yeah, and you've already got banner there like the three the, the three of them together could be a lot of fun and we're about to get hank pym true coming up this true. uh this um, which I, well july we don't know that he's ever going to interact with the avengers though oh he's got to. um you know he's got to i don't know i really don't know 
Um, He's got to. I could see him dying or something in Ant Man or mm-hmm. passing mm-hmm. passing the torch on or something. None of that. <laughs> you hush with all that. So um, they're saying that the the desired tone for the Spidey film is um, described as John Hughes humor and emotion plus all the superhero stuff. I like it. That's a great way to do it. <laughs> they've they've done they've done so much in this Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, with different kinds of action movies. <laughs> I would love to see them, you know, and we, we talk about how, like, every movie seems like a different genre. Yeah, yeah. I would really love for this movie to be that, like, romantic comedy, like, a really good romantic comedy, but with a superhero. Like, they've tried the romantic comedy angle, though, with The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, they did a bad job, though. They did a bad job. They didn't have Marvel John Studios. Hughes. Okay, when I say when I say when I say romantic comedy, I'm talking John Hughes romantic comedy. Like, dude, I'm thinking like Breakfast Club. Yeah, exactly. Because that would be hilarious. Yeah, I think so. I think that kind of that kind. Of, I, I like I like those comments a lot. Yeah, is all I'm saying. Like that kind of teenager humor, not like I don't mean romantic comedy like You've Got Mail or something. <laughs> I, I just mean like not like that failure kind of to launch or some teen, crap like that. I guess I guess I probably mean teen comedy. Yeah. Coming of age story, weird like science or something like that. Yeah, weird science. Oh, yeah. weird science mixed with. Oh, that, <laughs> that's a good. That's a great comparison right there. That's there what go. I'm talking about. There you go. I'm like I'm liking it that we're on the same wavelength yeah. on that. Uh, I guess I'll end the news with uh, my last real story is um, kind of a, a more positive one because there was a little bit of downtroddenness with uh, Joss Whedon leaving. But in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Robert Downey Jr. has discussed incoming Avengers directors Joe and Anthony Russo. He said, and I quote, I'm also a very kind of loyal person, so sometimes there's a new face and I'm like, wait a minute. But the interesting thing is I've worked with Jon Favreau twice, I've worked with Joss Whedon twice, and I worked with Shane Black once, and I'd happily do it with any of those three folks again. I really think the Russo brothers are super sharp, and I think they're worthy stewards of carrying it forward. Mm. I like that they've got his stamp of approval. Because he's kind of the basis of the whole MCU. He is. He's the central figure. I, I feel like they're starting to swing that away. If, if We talked about this, and, and, and you guys who haven't seen um, Age of Ultron yet, uh, we're not going to spoil anything except for to say... I'm not going to spoil anything at all, but I'm just going to mention a character. We need a Vision movie. <laughs> I said it on uh, the cast, of our Age of Ultron cast, but we need a Vision movie. <laughs> um, I really love the Vision. Uh, he, 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 his character really, really just was great for me. Um, so we've got that Vision. We've got... Um, Spider-Man, and I feel like we're really starting to develop a new team that I could really see getting behind and being really interested in, you know? Not that we've actually seen their Spider-Man yet, but I could see myself super excited for a Phase 4 that featured heavily Spider-Man and Vision, (laughs) even if we lost Robert I. Jr., you know? Yeah. Spidey, Vision, War Machine, Luke Cage... Iron Fist, Daredevil, Daredevil, Doctor Which, Strange. The, I don't know if they'll ascend to the Avengers level or not from the shows, but we'll see. They did at one point. Well, in the comics. In, in the comics. Uh, but again, source material not always with We've yet to see whether they're going to do that across the Netflix stuff directly into the movies or not. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really all I got for the uh, for the news. There was cool. uh, there was a few big things and a not much else. A couple of small things. Uh, you know, cool. Some things to keep eyes on. Well, uh, we've got a, a few... Little, like, I just look one piece of feedback before we go into the spoiler section, and that is uh, Lewis Noble says, At MCU Cast, went through and listened to almost every one of your casts recently. Loving it. Also, hashtag Ultron was... <laughs> clap... Clapping hand sign. Clapping hand sign. Person raising both hands in celebration. Fingers hand sign. (laughs) Smiling Uh, face with heart-shaped eyes. Smiling face with heart-shaped eyes. uh, Loudly crying face. Loudly crying face. There you go. Okay, so a bunch of emojis, (laughs) and he says he wants to hear our thoughts. 
uh, well, go listen to that other cast. We did that yesterday, and we have uh, well, we did that a couple days ago, and if it's posted. So if you guys are listening to this and want to hear our thoughts on Age of Ultron, last episode we covered it pretty hardcore. Uh, but I agree with all of those emojis, every one of them. <laughs> yeah, that especially the spirit fingers. It was it was literally all emotions that could be had were had in that movie, and yeah. they gave them all to me, and I. I don't know how much I liked it. I felt pretty good. No, I mean, I don't know how much I liked having that emotion thrust on me. I felt pretty good about it. Okay. Now, you said it was the only one, but there's one more. Oh, there oh is, right, right, We had an iTunes review, we do right? Have, we do have a new iTunes review. Uh, thank you to Louise Stoltz, I guess. Lou, Lou, there's no I, so I want to say that it's Louise, but it could be just lose. Yeah. And that doesn't seem like a good name. <laughs> you don't want to lose probably all the Louise. time. It's probably Louise. Anyway, thank you, Stoltz. Says these guys are good. I tune in every week to get my Marvel Cinematic Fix. Keep up the good work, guys. Keep engaging the listeners and making friends. Fellow podcaster. Sweet. Well, uh, Stoltz, uh, we were going to call you because I'm, I'm not looking at your name and Jeff can't pronounce it. Uh, I can. <laughs> I just don't want to say it wrong. <laughs> uh, tell, let us know uh, what cast you do. Hit us up on Facebook or Twitter and tell us what podcast you do. I'd love to hear or about it. Or call in. Or call in, 573-CAST-MCU. Well, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, in partnership with 45 Magazine and part of the Helicarrier Network. Thank you very much for the iTunes review. If you guys would like to leave us an iTunes review, it really helps us out. Five-star iTunes reviews, and if you subscribe on iTunes, that helps us immensely. Um, But if you want to leave us some feedback, you can go to mcucast.com, where you can find all of our stuff. You can go to facebook.com slash mcucast. At MCUcast on Twitter, MCUcast at gmail.com, or you can just call in and leave a voicemail at 573-CAST-MCU, then we can play it on the show. Alright, I guess it is about that time that we go into our spoiler uh, review time, and we are going to discuss in detail uh, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, Episode 20, Scars. Scars. (laughs) Or wait, 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 hold on. Scars. Um, are you a pirate? No, 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 man. That was, going for? was Jeremy Scars. Irons. No, it was Jeremy Irons, man. Scars. No, you don't have scurvy. <laughs> You're a lion. The lion share. Mm. Scars. Okay, keep going with that. You're doing a great job. Thanks, man. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're going to discuss... Uh, first, I guess we have, we've got lots of feedback. Um, we're going to go to the spoiler section and do some of that spoilery feedback from tonight. And then we're going to go right into um, our spoilery discussion. And we're going to go to the spoiler section in three, two, one. Jaying shot herself, killed Gonzalez, and started a war. Are you kidding me? What is going on, Jaying? Man. That's real nuts. Uh, it really was like a surprising, surprising way for that to go. <laughs> yeah. I did not expect yeah. that. I did. Once they were giving Cal over, I was like, oh, he's going to drink that shit. <laughs> they mentioned the vials because yeah. they want us to think about those. They want to. They want us to know. They want us to have that association. He is going to. I just knew they were. He, she sent in Mr. Hyde. She yeah. did not send in Calvin. She did not send them Calvin Zabo. Nope. Right. Something more sinister. <laughs> A couple of things we have feedback. Um, uh, just right off the bat, uh, <laughs> Mark Amargo says, and this is actually from last week, I believe, but after this season, Fury needs to get the team a new S.H.I.E.L.D. 616 bus or given them, given, give them a helicarrier. Well, which he could absolutely do. Well, he could give it back. That's true. They gave him a helicarrier. Yeah, little I guess, twist. Uh, I guess little little twist on 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 this this whole thing. So I guess that was not a very big revealing Theta Protocol thing. No, it wasn't. And by the way, everyone, we also might get into some spoilery territory with Age of Ultron tonight, just because there's a Age of Ultron connection to this. So if you watch this before Age of Ultron, you're watching it a little out of order. Well. So. The only real connection is the that there was a helicarrier in Age of Ultron. Yeah. And the people in I knew Agents it too. of S.H.I.E.L.D. When gave it to When I was watching them. Age of Ultron, and I should have mentioned this on our last cast, but when I was watching it and he said, I 
with some help with some friends, I got this out of mothballs. I was like, I bet I know which friends. That's probably Shield. Um, and and that's apparently exactly, that's exactly what, happened. what happened. And they were making 3D Protocol out to be such this this big thing, and it really wasn't. I mean, Hellcarriers are not that big a deal. They don't feel like anymore. a big deal. They don't feel like a big deal. And I don't know if we're supposed to feel like they're a big deal. And if so, they haven't done a good job of making us feel that way. Yeah. Um, honestly, when a helicarrier showed up, even in, um, spoiler alert, Age of Ultron, when a helicarrier shows up, I'm not horribly, you know... Yeah, it's I, not a game changer. Well, I mean, it was a game changer for the moment. Like, oh, someone's there to help. But it wasn't like, oh, a helicarrier exists. Mind blown. Like, Yeah. Like, I thought all of those were extinct. And they haven't even really... Touched on that fact that all of those are extinct. Uh, what do you think of the, of his of, of Marco Margo mentioned um, that he needs to get them a helicarrier? What if they lost their bus last episode? What if what if they get the helicarrier at the yeah, end of this one? Absolutely, that'd be too silly. Why? It's too silly. I think it'd be great. They've got enough people now to need it. They have a regular carrier. That's true. The helicarrier is way better. <laughs> it can fly. It can fly. It can get lots more places. Um, I think. I think that'd be awesome. And th- I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot with the movies and the show. They. I don't know why they don't reuse sets on the show that they already exist. They have a helicarrier set sitting somewhere. It was in Avengers 1. It was in the Avengers 2. They have a helicarrier set <laughs> just chilling. Like, why aren't they using that set, like, every week on S.H.I.E.L.D.? Because I, it would feel so Star Trek. Like, them on the bridge. <laughs> yeah, them on the bridge every week going into a new situation would feel so Star Trek. And I would be so on board for that. <laughs> I need this. I need I this would, in my life. I would really enjoy that. Um, and this is in response to what we talked about last week, but Noel says, at MCU cast, Medusa is also going to be a big part of Secret Wars with Avengers A-Force, so maybe it was her in the preview. Um, I don't know. Uh, they only showed that the comics, correct? Secret yeah. Wars and Avengers A-Force? Yeah, Secret Wars is a really big event coming up. Yeah. Like, Bigger than anything I've seen in a while. Yeah, kind of anything Marvel's done, I hear it's like it might be like their it's universe crisis. Yeah, yeah, their crisis on Infinite Earth sort of situation. Yeah, like it's a it's a huge convergence event. It's yeah, really. Or well, no, they call them uh, incursions. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of doubt they're going like to bring a in mashup of everything. It's crazy. I doubt they're going to bring in the Inhumans royal family in the show. No, not I this think early. They're gonna wait. I think they're going to wait. I don't even think they'll I bring thought, them at all. I thought last week when they said, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. finally meets in humans, and um, they showed the redhead, like, right after that, I was like, oh my god, yeah. that's Medusa. But then that person, that lady, did not have a line at all in this episode, and yeah. she was, like, she smiled and nodded. Mm-hmm. And she, was just hap- she just happened to be in the background of that shot. We were looking yeah, way too deep into that. I really was. And it's redhead in human. What am I going to think? I hear you. Give me Medusa. Give me my Medusa. I don't know what you meant by that, but okay. I don't, I don't either. I was just making up a song, man. Calm down. Marco Margo again. Uh, this week's episode needs Gonzalez saying Avengers, but how? Coulson, Theta Protocol, drops Mike. Didn't happen. That did happen. Nah. That's exactly what happened. Nah. Marco Margo is straight up right on this. Nah. They were like... They, they've been so stressed out about Theta Protocol. What is it? What is it? What is it? And then <laughs> they, he was like, Theta Protocol is me sending the helicarrier to the Avengers. It wasn't Theta Protocol is the Avengers. That wasn't the case. But Theta Protocol was something there in place to help the Avengers when they needed him. And it, like the helicarrier didn't even need to be the thing. Like It could have just been some shuttles. Yeah. I do feel like they're making a big deal of this helicarrier in... A way that I don't think that most fans care. Yeah. <laughs> They're it's putting more stock on it, or stock in it than we are. I will be excited if they make it an every week thing that the helicarrier is now the new bus. Maybe if that's now Shield Six One Six flying around and it's a, it's a helicarrier, I would be down with that. Uh, Donald Martin says at MCU cast. So the Theta Protocol, the deep dark secret worth tearing Shield apart for. Was a spare helicarrier? Meh. 
I agree. I agree. <laughs> this is, we, we've literally been talking about this for like 10 minutes now. <laughs> yep. This is just pretty much what we're, what we're feeling. Um, not really, uh, not really a thing. I don't know. Uh, Donald Martin also says, what? And Reyna was right. Sorry. My mind is blown here. Later um, in the episode, he tweeted that at us and it is very, very relevant. Yes. Uh, do you think she was, I mean, obviously she saw that, or did she just get lucky on that one? I don't know. I don't want to admit that Reyna was right. I don't either. I, we can't trust her. Here's the thing. I think based on what happened, I think she knew what was going to happen. She saw it in her vision, but what, what she didn't do, she should have recommended, she should have been a little smarter, a little more Machiavellian and recommended anyone else to be leader, (laughs) not herself. Right. Um, You don't say, Hey, I've got a thing. Uh, here's my secret vision that no one else can see. I think it means I need to be the leader. Maybe I need to be in charge. Like, no, <laughs> no, no. You sit down. So I think what happened is she got... Sit your happy ass down. She got down. a legitimate... <laughs> sit your happy ass down. She got a legitimate vision and then was like, how can I use this? She just jumped the gun a little bit. She really did. But, but in doing that, she may have proven herself. She also... No, I I was going to say that she also kind of like made that happen. Like she's the architect of her own demise kind of thing. But that was going to happen that way anyway. Like it was going to be Ying talking to him and that was likely going to happen. Yeah. Regardless. It looks like that was Ying's plan. Yeah. Um, and she is bringing war upon them. Damn, that's crazy. That's relevant to what Justin Waters said on Twitter. He said... Wow, Sky's mom is a real bitch. For someone who hates the evil humans can do out of fear, she's proving inhumans are no different. Ooh, great point, Justin. That really is. Great point. Um, yeah, her whole it's her whole thing is inhumans. It, it, she only cares about inhumans. Yeah, she cares nothing about humanity. No, human life means nothing to her. Inhuman life is the only thing that matters. Um, and they is... were doing the the Terrigen crystals, like mm-hmm. the, the, like that was a little Terrigen grenade, yeah, almost. It which was. could set up a Terrigen bomb. Ooh, that's a very interesting point. That's been it's been hinted at in other times because, um, but that what what's in... the ter- in the comics the Terrigen crystals destroy human life? Mm-mm. Well, the way that they were talking about it now is they couldn't get the metal pieces of the diviner out. Like the, the That's right. The mist itself doesn't hurt people. It's the diviner encasing it. Because you remember when, right. when the mist hit Trip, he was just like, oh, what happened? It wasn't until he hit it and it, it wasn't exploded. until he kicked it and exploded mm. that it killed him. Well, that I see, we didn't know that for sure until tonight. Like, Tonight we found out for sure that's what happens. The metal is what causes the reaction. Yeah. And that's what killed Trip, which makes me so sad for Trip. Yeah. Because now we know Trip only died because he kicked that crystal. Yeah. <laughs> he literally killed himself. Ah, such a bummer. It really is. Which brings us to what um <laughs> what Donald Martin said, which was a pretty uh pretty funny. Uh at MCU cast, absolutely. Tonight actually would have been a great season finale. So many loose ends. Ward slash thirty three have Bobby. Gonzalez got tripped. <laughs> he used is, it as an verb. Why is that a verb now? Oh no! Don't no, make me trip you. No good. No good, Donald. <laughs> That hurts. He also said, this episode is going down right next to turn, turn, turn as another moment when everything changed. Yeah, and I I responded to him on that one. I, uh, I tweeted back that, um, I, I guess I'll elaborate more on it because I've got more than 140 characters to do it with. Um, you got a whole podcast. I got a whole podcast to talk about this, man. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the best Twitter ever. Um, <laughs> Turn, turn, turn was so big because it was affected by the film. And it was affected in such a way that it completely broke the groundwork for the film, for the, for the, the show. show. Yeah. And completely changed the game for it. And then this episode 
this episode was a huge turning point, but it was a turning point for the season itself. Yeah. The, the things it, that the things he that, really gave no shits about what happened in the movie, other than yeah. like, hey, we gave him a helicarrier. That was our thing. We contributed. How, you know, I brought the dip. The, the other one, guy brought the chips. The one thing. Whatever. It, the one thing it really did do is it changed the way Gonzalez and his team saw Coulson. Yeah. Because they were like Theta Protocol. What is this? What is this? And then he was like, uh, "It's when I save the world." What world? <laughs> Maybe not. Thousands of people. That's right. In Sokovia, save thousands of people. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. He only saved uh, a couple saved, thousand saved, saved people, which we shouldn't even really talk about. Uh, yeah, we made it, well. We gave a spoiler alert for Age of Ultron. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a big one. No, but like, um, Helicarrier showed up to help. They saved some people. Yeah, that that should be obvious. Yeah, that's obvious from what we saw in the in the in the show tonight. Um, so, so yeah, this this episode was really big. It wasn't necessarily revelatory, but it definitely was a huge turning point because we've got we've got so many big players that are yeah. doing big things like Xia Ying starting a war. We didn't even talk about. Yet the fact that Agent Thirty Three completely betrayed everything and fooled uh, Bobby Morse into into coming out with with her and um, right getting iced yeah for just a second I thought they were making a mistake on the show when May was in both planes <laughs> <laughs> like I, I noticed that before she actually turns and I was just like what what oh yeah. Like, even after the fact, I was like, why is May over... Oh, yeah, the that's not thing May. happened, right. That's not May. That's the other... Oh, that's Agent 33. That is... Yeah, okay. Ka- What's her name? Carol? Kara. Kara. All right. Um, And, I like, why do they have her? The only thing I can think of while, like, with them having Bobby Morse is that... Since she was in Hydra infiltrating, and she probably had a hand in in uh, getting thirty three indoctrinated somehow, just to Ooh. help her cover along. That's my oh, theory man. on it. And then she wants revenge. Because That's of that. rough. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember back if if there was anything we saw on screen because I know that she fights her way out of um, she fights her way out of that Hydra stronghold. But I don't remember her encountering Agent Thirty Three. No, they so, didn't yeah. fight. They didn't fight there. Maybe it was. Maybe it was that she uh, helped her be assimilated into the Hydra. <laughs> oh, that's rough. Resistance is futile, man. That's real rough. That is. I do not like it. <laughs> I do not like it, Sam. I am. I'm glad we got Koenig back in this episode. I am too. I, I am like too. Patton Oswalt. Yeah, I love Pat Oswalt, and I think he's uh, he, he's been he's been such a nice like just breath of fresh air when he's ever, whenever he's on the show. Um, but he's not on it that much, so every time I see him, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a novelty. Koenig. He's a novelty at this point. Yeah, really is. Oh, uh, but he doesn't get to have any like witty repartee with Trip anymore. Yeah, he can't tease Trip about he's a robot. I don't know if you noticed when uh. He was on the screen, but uh, when he first came on the screen, the song in the background was like something about "I'm a robot," blah 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 blah. Like it was some <laughs> like some rock song. It was like "Dada robot, robot, I'm a robot." Like I don't know what it said. I can't. I can't remember. I've never heard it before. But uh, the song was definitely said something like about "I'm a robot." I thought that was really funny. Wow, because wow. they're just teasing us. <laughs> they're just teasing us. He's such an LMD. <laughs> um. Simmons was interesting in this episode too. She, I feel like last episode we didn't we didn't discuss the fact. And this is crazy on our part. Last week uh, on the cast, we did not discuss the fact that she tried to kill a man. She did kill a man. Well, yeah, she did kill a man she while trying up, to kill another man. Yes, uh, she murdered a man, and then she's upset not about the fact that she killed a man, but because she killed the wrong man. Yeah. And then, and she's not upset even about killing the man she did. Uh, she's not upset about killing Bakshi at all. She would do it again. But <laughs> she's sad that she didn't kill Ward. Like, she's kind of becoming murderous. It's a little crazy. And a little uh, power Haiti. Simmons is taking a turn for the worst lately. <laughs> yeah, she is. 
she might have to be crossed off herself. Put down. <laughs> Not iced, because that makes her come back. I don't know, man. I don't know about all that. <laughs> There's so many words that they use. And then and then in this episode, uh, Sky, I'm sorry, Daisy, just like outright says it like, you killed a little girl, May. Like, Jesus. Okay, we don't yeah, use the K rough. word. Okay. <laughs> we don't use the K word. Um, yeah, I... I, that was rough because we know how May feels about that. Yeah, May's upset, and the fact that she feels so exposed now that Sky knows her secret. She apparently didn't even tell Coulson, which I thought for sure Coulson knew. Yeah, he was there. Mm-hmm. He walked her out, but apparently she told him that she died in the crossfire. Yeah, which is absolutely untrue. She only told her husband about that. Um, so tonight when, when Sky knows and May knows that this entire community, while, while, while S.H.I.E.L.D. all views May as the cavalry, like this entire community is like telling stories of May as if she's the boogeyman who comes and kills children. (laughs) May is like their archetype S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that comes and kills children. Yeah. Yeah. The, the jackbooted thugs. Yeah. And, and, and. That's rough. Yeah. That's rough to to see May uh, know that this whole community feels that way about her. Especially as as guilty as she already feels about it. Even though she made the right call. There's nothing she could have done. Did better. What do you think she should have done? Nuke it from orbit. Wait, what? I don't know. Nuke. No, she did the right the thing. the child from orbit? Yeah, the child. All of the stuff. Sokovia. <laughs> like, all of it. Just go ahead and Tony Stark just nuke him too. I think start I, over. I think we're talking about clean slate things. protocol, Matt. I think we're talking about replace things. them all with scrolls. What do you think this thing <laughs> is that the robots, the weird obelisk that's in the glass case in the shield boat? And it's been mentioned for uh, it's been mentioned ep- for episodes and episodes ago. Uh, they said in this episode it was some sort of weapon against the Inhumans. Which, by the way, we should mention, uh, kind of bearing the lead, they called themselves Inhumans. Well, Sky called them Inhumans and said that that's what they've been called since ancient times. That's what their ancestors called themselves, Inhumans. They said the word, Matt. Yep, they did. They said the word. So, yeah, I have no idea what this obelisk is, but it looks like it's some sort of weapon against Inhumans, is what the Inhumans think, anyway. I don't know what that thing is. I, I... I am underversed, not quite so well versed. Yeah, on I mean, and, in and, humans, I don't think we were supposed history. to know. I don't think we're supposed to know yet. And you would think that something that melts and then reshapes itself would be something that would be pretty big from uh, from good old Marvel comics. I don't know. Either that, or they made up something new, and for, for, that's crazy. For just a second, I thought it was gravitonium. Oh man, that would have been nuts. I really thought that like that was the thing they were holding in the in the ship, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Gravitron finally!" Because <laughs> you know he's got to come back eventually. Yeah, he's. I mean, we saw the hand. We saw the hand, like episode two, uh, four, four. Okay, I think it was still like just just crazy uh, that that still hasn't come back, and we're almost two seasons in. I love when shows have patience like that. I don't have patience like that. I love it. I love it because I love like three seasons later them hitting us with it all of a sudden. Yeah, it's just so rewarding. You remember this guy? Except knowing this show, they're going to show us in the last time on Shield, and they're going to be like, "Gravitonium is a blah blah blah." Like, no, don't tell me it's coming. <laughs> don't hint at me like that. Don't lead me to it. Don't show me Professor Hall. Don't do that. <laughs> just have it happen. I just mm-hmm. need it. I'm a fan. I know about the stuff. If you're watching every episode of Shield, then you're 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 gonna know about the Gravitonium. Yeah, you'll remember. It's gonna be. And a if thing. you don't, you'll just hit the internet for hours afterwards, like I do, figuring out what's going on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it really did look a lot like the Gravitonium. I don't know what that stuff is though, and and what it's obviously coming back to the very exact same shape. It was almost like it was that shape, and it was trying to escape the box. Like, it kept forming into a liquid and, sh- and hitting itself against the walls, and then it would go back to shape. <laughs> it was just kind of like, I'm going to try to get it. I wouldn't do anything. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just standing here. I wasn't escaping. I'm just standing here being an obelisk. <laughs> I'm just chilling. 
Um, what would be really bad is if the uh, the deep crevices in the face, like when it reformed itself, were in different places, like it was trying to speak. Hmm. That would be interesting, but it looked like they were pretty much the same. I don't want to talk about it. Just do it. Looks like they were pretty much the same. Okay, that's fair. Uh. So Just I mean, I guess the excited. real big, <laughs> the real big thing, the big takeaway of this episode is, uh, Zha Ying's crazy, <laughs> and the council doesn't trust anybody. Yeah, the, it seems like the council is just all for like anybody with powers can kill everyone. Like, of course, anybody with powers can kill everyone. You're OK with Sky and she can bring down the planet. I actually thought it was so crazy because we were so they did such a good job misleading us <laughs> leading up to the meeting of um, Gonzalez and Jaying because we were absolutely me and you were sitting here watching it. We were like. Oh my gosh, they're sending Gonzalez. He's going to do something crazy. And they even had that little And then he was like, you got that insurance plan? And he's like, oh my God, that's something crazy that he's going to do. He's going to yeah. kill everybody. The insurance plan in the little box. So we're like, oh, for sure, this is going down. He's going to kill Ying or poison her or blah, 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 do whatever. That's kryptonite. It's in there. <laughs> it's inhuman kryptonite. But, uh. It, and, and we were and we were sure that Ying would handle things okay, but they, they <laughs> did such a good job. Completely flipped it on its head. They flipped it on its head, and I still felt completely like it was within both of their characters. You know, yeah. I just love I love those kinds of surprises where you that you you don't see it coming at all, but you're also not. You're not thrown out of the story because the, all the characters still make sense. All the all the all the motivations still make sense. Yeah, I can absolutely understand who Zha Ying is and why she's doing what she's doing, um, and it doesn't conflict with any of her previous moments. But man, it just opens up more of her character, and she's a lot darker than I thought that she would be. Yeah, same here. I'm really sad to see Edward James almost go, though. Me too. Me too. He's a really great actor. He is, and uh, I guess now that's his that's his thing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's all done. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was him. That's kind of sad. Like, I feel like he could have been used. Honestly, when they showed up with Edward James almost leading a different Shield, we discussed it on the show. I thought he might be, end up being the Shield, the face of Shield for the movies, the new Shield on the in the movies. I thought that could could have absolutely been a way they went with it. He's the face of nothing now. Nope, he is a face of ash. He got tripped up. It's a bummer. That's a really bad verb to use. I, I really, don't like it. I really I'm loved, still so sad about Trip. I really loved Cal in this episode. Man, I, he tries to make me cry. Yeah. He does make Alyssa cry. Oh, yeah. My girlfriend Alyssa is in here just crying away at Cal. <laughs> She's bawling her eyes out. <laughs> Which I get. He's such a such a sweet character, such a sweet tragic character. He really and like every time he has a, an anger fit, especially in front of, in front of Jai Ying, where mm-hmm. he like where he broke the table and he's like, "Oh God, I'm I'm sorry. I'm was sorry. that old? It was looked that, old. It looked old." <laughs> he's just he's so the fact that she doesn't he respond means to that so well. It seems like she has such grace about her. Like, oh, it's fine, Cal. Like. But really, she's probably just manipulating him into going and turning into Hyde in front of the agents. I am so excited about the season finale. We have been <laughs> waiting all season to find out what he does when he takes this vial. Yeah. And we are about to get it. We know he has he has downed a lot. It looks it like looks three like or three four of vials. Them, yeah. yeah. It looks like he is he has downed enough of these vials that it's going to be... Uh, it's gonna be going to be a big thing. Down. Something's going down <laughs> um, in a little Quinjet. Oh, God. He's about to Hulk out in the Quinjet. Oh, for God's sake. N- yet another Hulk Fling. in a Quinjet. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the, the, by the way, a uh, slight Age of Ultron's not spoiler. I just kept being reminded of the that in the in, in Age of Ultron, um, the Quinjet, just because they're using the same style Quinjet in the show, and it just looks like it looks like the same shot when, they, was... when they were fighting. It's different, though. 
Is it's it a different? It's a different Quinjet. Different design or something? Yeah, it's a different design of Quinjet because the one that is used in uh, Age of Ultron is bigger, and it has more room like side to side that they can go into, and there's like a central uh, area of seats in the center. <laughs> but the one in Agents of Shield is like a van almost. Like there's just seats along either side. Interesting. And it looked it, the 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 cockpit area looks almost the same. The cockpit kind of does. When he's when they're sitting uh, when they're sitting in the cockpit talking through this episode, I kept thinking about that shot in Age, toward the end of Age of Ultron in the Quinjet. Um, that well, there's, we won't discuss. There's one seat in the Quinjet in Age of Ultron, and there's two seats in all of the cockpits in. Um, in Agents of Shield, interesting. Also, the uh, the wings fold differently. Um, I noticed that in this episode, <clears throat> the uh, the Quinjets when they land in Agents of Shield, the wings kind of fold down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But in uh, in Age of Ultron, the wings fold up and on itself, on top of itself. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if they can just do both. <laughs> it's just multi-purpose. Yeah. It yeah. just flaps. Um. Maybe that's how it flies. Just flaps its wings. <laughs> um, it has to do a little faster. So the it's like a big humming. The biggest bird. thing, of course, that happens in the episode is Jaying shooting herself to make everyone hate Shield, oh, and so especially crazy. Sky. Sky is going to hate Shield after this. Not all of Shield. She's still going to believe in Coulson, but it's she is real borderline on just jumping on the MC, uh, the Inhumans train. And a completely off of the uh, of the shield train, shield train, yeah, coming for full circle back to like shield is bad. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being a hacker, now she can like bring down mountains. Yeah, right. God, oh, it's so scary. Uh, and yeah. she's so like she's so good on missions. Like in last uh, last week's episode when we saw that big one long tracking shot. Or that where she was, uh, she was fighting the guys scene, in the hallway yeah. and in the lab and everything. Like that was huge. Yeah, that was an amazing scene. And the fact that she can do that, like she might be above Maze level. Well, I don't. She wanna, did all that without using her power. I don't want to spoil uh, too much, but we did see in the commercial for next week. Was leaving that out. I was just gonna say. Yeah, we did see. We're gonna see a face off between May and. Sky. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna there say was that whole like it. you're not welcome here thing. Yeah, in next in next week's episode we get a you're not welcome, and a a stand down from May. Like looks like May and Sky are actually going to somehow have some sort of confrontation. Uh, I mean, they got two hours to do it, and I think that's a I think that's fair. That's, that's fair, fairly spoilery free. They did show a little more in the trailer, so if you want to watch a little more in the trailer, go check it out. But so I think we will probably find out next week. Oh god, I'm excited. Who has the uh, I don't think I've been this excited about a series like a season finale in a minute. Mm. Like it's been a minute since I've been this excited about something like this. Cuz like this, a lot is happening and this is a lot of really good television right now. Yeah. And it, it didn't even have to do no. mostly with the with the movies at that's, all. That's 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 a great thing about it's standing this on its own legs. It is. It's standing on its own legs this season and it really did it all the entire season. Uh, it really it didn't have much to do. It didn't have anything to do with Guardians, of course. Yeah, um, and it didn't have anything to do really with uh, uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron, except to point out that it had happened. <laughs> yeah, like they they acknowledged that that happened, and they reference it, saying like all of these things have been happening over the past week, and that that felt a little out of place for me. Just, yeah, you know, honestly, it felt like forced referencing. Yeah, the it did. It did. And I was a little annoyed by that. I almost wish they'd just gone. If they had the story that they wanted to tell, um, I kind of am annoyed at them for taking an episode off to go tell the helicarrier story, which really <laughs> didn't need to happen. Yeah. I don't know. I guess if Fury showed up with a helicarrier in Age of Ultron, I would have been upset that S.H.I.E.L.D. was coming in to help and... There was no mention of Coulson. So I guess I'm glad Coulson was involved with that. Because I feel like they did show up and they were like, is this S.H.I.E.L.D.? And uh, Cap what was Shield's like, supposed to be. this is what S.H.I.E.L.D.'s supposed to be. This is not so bad. Yeah. So I I guess I'm glad. I guess I'm glad they did it. But it, it just seemed, it did seem a little forced. Unlike, um, as much as Winter Soldier shattered the show... <laughs> 
um, they it didn't feel forced. It felt necessary. Yeah, you know? obvious. Yeah, so it felt like the next logical step. Like this is this is what happens when you kick over the ant hill. Yeah. Hmm. Well, anything else you want to talk about before we sign off there, Jeff? Man, I think we have covered a lot this episode. I don't trust Raina, and they're wanting me to, and I want to not. Well, see, I don't even know if they're wanting... I don't know, they may be wanting us to, but I'm definitely not trusting Raina either. I feel, uh, but I do feel like she may have been right about that vision. Maybe. Even if she's not... I don't think she was right. I think what messed her up. I think she probably had a vision and was like, how can I use this vision to my benefit? Instead of just earning some trust by giving some good (laughs) visions. She was like, here's my fourth vision I've ever had. Can I be leader now? (laughs) I've proven that all of my visions are right. Right? So I should probably be in charge. I should probably be the president. (laughs) Um... Yeah, it it was a little jump. You jumped the gun there, Raina, which I'm surprised. She's so... Her ability up till now has been to persuade people. She's doing a real bad job She did a real bad job this episode. Yeah. Because apparently... Although, now that it's happened, and uh, Zha Ying is about to call down the fury of... Fury... (laughs) Right, (laughs) it's pretty much it. The uh, they she might earn their trust back. Maybe, maybe we'll see. We will see. It seems kind of like Gordon wants to trust her, but then when she's like, "I should be in charge," he goes, "No, God, no! Uh, I'm gonna go tell Jia Ying that you're doing this, and we're gonna get you corrected." You had me go in there a minute, but no. Apparently, you don't know how we do things around here. I'm going to go tell Jia Ying, and you'll figure it out. But now they're going to see her visions come true, and they're going to... She is the second coming of the Kree leaders, Mm. people. So apparently that device, whatever it was, was something created by the Kree to destroy the Inhumans. Because they were a mistake. Yes, that's right. I just remembered that they said the Kree created that device to destroy the Inhumans. So... That's pretty nuts. It is alien in nature. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I think we're done for tonight. You guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and part of the Hella Carrier Network. Um, hit us up, MCU Cast, on all the social medias. On all the things. And, uh, and MCUcast.com MCU if you want to find out more about us. Um, also, call us 573-CAST-MCU. You guys have a great night. And a great week. Yeah, do that. Those things. So, uh, what else we got? Hold on, I'm reading. Okay. Will you hold on? I'm eating ice cream. I'm playing Dominion. (laughs) There's a marker down. It's fine.